0: Welcome to All Day Sports here with Austin and Caleb. In today's podcast, we're going to be covering the top five quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers, as well as stat predictions for the top 10 NFL draft picks and a small section of who's better.
1: Okay. All right, starting with the top five underrated quarterbacks in the league in no particular order. All right, for me, I got personally Drew Locke, who I believe can be this year's MVP. He's my dark horse uh they've added a lot of targets this year like melvin gordon kj hamler jerry judy and drew lock he started uh what was it ford one as a starter yeah so uh i think he's really underrated uh next up is kyler murray he's my pick for mvp this year actually people sleep on him they say he's how tall is he? Five ten, something like that. He's not small. even six foot. Yeah, not even six foot. He's small for a quarterback. Underrated though. I mean, too. they say he can't even see over his line. He can obviously. He's got guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Hakeem Butler. Yeah, Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella, and getting more. They already have a uh, Fitzgerald's going strong still. Yeah, Fitzgerald's still going strong. Uh, they have another receiver. I forget his name right now, but. Cardinals fans, you know who I'm talking about. So, Teddy Bridgewater, interesting one. When he was with the Saints, don't get me wrong, New Orleans, great offense. But Teddy Bridgewater was a big reason of what they did when he was with them and starting when Drew Brees went down. Went 5-0. and oh. Yeah, went 5-0. and oh, And now he's got, you could even argue, a better offense at this point. Very young offense with CMC, DJ Moore. Added Robbie Anderson yeah, too. Yeah, just added Robbie Anderson another top receiver. Really underrated. And yeah, I could see the Carolina Panthers doing pretty decent this year. Like a like I said before, six and ten, but that's not bad with a still a very young team right and now. And they just added a new head coach. Yeah, they too. just added a new head coach. It's a very young team who could be end up being a dynasty later on in uh Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater could revive his career there. He could. All right, next up I have Marcus Mariota. Very interesting here. One, one here. My bad. Uh, Marcus really hasn't really played since last year, the beginning of the year. He wasn't that bad. His offensive line played terrible. As I believe, he was sacked twenty plus times in like seven, six games he started, I believe. And that's you. You got to protect your quarterback. He can't do that much if he's getting sacked twenty plus times in six or seven games. I forget what it was. Um. Marcus Mariota, he, he was a Heisman for a reason. He went, he led his team to a national championship for a reason. He's just, he's so good and so underrated. I understand he won't play this year, but he's still a very underrated QB. I believe he could start somewhere else and be very productive for another team. But, uh, I don't think he'll get his chance this year, which is kind of sad. Next up is Matthew Stafford. He just went down with an injury next year. I'm last year. My fault. And, uh, his targets are amazing this year. They just added DeAndre Swift. They had Kerryon Johnson back. They have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, even and uh, TJ Hawkinson. Um,
0: Danny Amendola game. doesn't make a bad wide receiver three either.
1: No, not at all.
0: So my number one is Teddy Bridgewater. Like Caleb said, I'm high on Teddy Bridgewater this year. I feel like he's got a lot of targets, and going 5-0 and o as a backup quarterback for any team is difficult. No matter how good the offense was in New Orleans, still going 5-0 was crazy. And then at number two, I have Drew Locke. There's a lot of talent around him. He's going into second season now as a starting quarterback. He didn't start all last season, but it's still his second season as a starting quarterback. More snaps under his belt. At three, I have Phillip Rivers. Um, things clearly weren't clicking towards the end of the year and uh, at, with the Chargers. But I feel like change of scenery.
1: I'm going to stop it, you right there. No. No. What? Philip Rivers, no, no. He is no, he's terrible. Yes. He's terrible. Philip Rivers is
0: gonna go to Indianapolis and he's gonna have a revision for a couple years. He's old. He's almost he's probably gonna retire after this contract is up here. But I feel like there's a chance here where he has a chance to revitalize a year.
1: Overrated old and terrible.
0: Move on. We'll see. At four I have Kyler Murray. Um, he's got a lot of targets around him he didn't have a great year last year but he did fairly well for being a rookie and the offense that he had wasn't very good the offensive line was terrible but did a fairly good job last year and adding more targets was good and then at five I have a tie between Big Ben and Stafford similar they both have solid wide receiver cores and solid offenses and they're both coming off injuries so no one's really expecting a whole lot out of them
1: All right, moving on to running backs, Austin, who are your top five underrated running backs?
0: Number one, I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Can't wait for him to show up. All you people that hated that draft pick. He's a rookie.
1: He's a rookie though. Is he underrated?
0: You go through and you see all the draft grades and you see like C, D, F for Clyde Edwards Hilaire when he is the best running back for the Chiefs to fit that system. He's gonna ball out in his rookie year. You still want a workhorse running back, though, in that type of offense. No, you don't. With the passing. You don't need a workhorse. You don't need a workhorse running back.
1: Just adds, adds back. A variety to that offense. Like Jonathan Taylor. Edwards Hilaire
0: can be that workhorse running back. He played in almost a similar type of system in LSU anyway, where they were pass heavy. It's the same thing when he comes to Kansas City. Just adds variety. And at number two, I have Kenyon Drake. He had a different dimension towards the end of the year to the Arizona team, and he's a really solid running back. Uh, three, I have Carlos Hyde. Um, even with what's his name, David Johnson going to Houston, I still think that Carlos Hyde is the better running back and he should still start. Better. Yeah, better. And he won't get injured every year and screw everybody in fantasy. Uh, four, I have Devin Singletary. Uh, the Bills added Stephon Diggs to their passing game. So I feel like the whole entire offense is going to be better in Buffalo.
1: Very pass heavy.
0: And I think, yeah, I still think they're going to run that division for the next few years. And he's young, so he's going to have time to develop too. And then at number five, I have Joe Mixon. Um, he hadn't really had a whole lot of bright spots in the Cincinnati offense the past few years. So, And I feel like this year with Joe Burrow, even being a rookie and still being the number one draft pick, you still need to rely a little bit more on that run offense and he can do everything.
1: Absolutely. What are so, yours? So in no particular order, again, I have Joe Mixon at one. Again, no particular order. Just like he said, Joe Mixon is such an underrated running back. So at the beginning of the year, Zach Taylor did not know exactly how to use Joe Mixon. Now, don't get me wrong. We were playing amazing at the beginning of the year with Andy Dalton playing out of his mind, having a career year almost. But Joe Mixon did not get the ball in the right situations. He was given the ball on third and 15 or something like that. Like, he's not going to make a play there. They expect a run. Joe Mixon just got the ball in terrible situations. And at midseason, actually, he actually kind of turned it up. So Zach Taylor, I think, actually figured out how to use Joe Mixon at midseason because after that he got, I think, 700-ish yards, around 700-ish yards at midseason, which is actually really good. And if he would have kept that up, that's a possible 1,400 yards on the year, which is actually insane for a running back. So I had Joe Mixon a one. Number two, I have Chris Carson. Chris Carson, don't get me wrong. He's gotten injured the last couple of years. But he's still in a, a phenomenal running back. I mean, he just adds so much variety to that Seahawks offense. Like I said earlier, with uh, Jonathan Taylor with the Chiefs, that just adds so much variety. Because you expect the Seahawks right now to pass so much with Russell Wilson and Will Disley. I mean, Russell Wilson just has to do it all in that offense. With Chris Carson coming back, he's going to add a lot of variety to that offense. And he has the last couple of years when he's played all right. Next, we have Todd Gurley. I understand Todd Gurley; he hasn't played in the last couple of years. I mean, his knee. Prayers up for the guy. But he's still severely underrated. Everyone's acting like he's still not a top running back, and I, I believe he's still a top running back. Todd Gurley in L.A. in 2017, I believe it was 2017. Don't quote me on that. But he was in he was in the MVP race with Tom Brady, who the Patriots, I believe, won the Super Bowl that year. Against the Falcons.
0: Yeah, but it's hard to be underrated when you get that big of a contract. I'm just saying Like, now. he has been hurt, and, like, people, like people's expectations are lower. But I, I don't know. It's hard to say he's underrated when he's got, like, one of the biggest contracts in the league.
1: I don't know, man. I just feel like he's severely underrated now because no one ever talks about him. All right. At number four, I have Kenny Drake. Like Austin said, I mean, I, I have the same exact thing as him. I mean – He just adds so much to that Arizona Cardinals offense, and he explained it all pretty much.
0: Yeah, when there wasn't a running back there, when David Johnson was always hurt, bringing Kenyon Drake and brought a running back to the offense, and it
1: wasn't all passing with a rookie quarterback. Exactly. All right, number five, got Austin Eckler. He's the – I wouldn't say trash version, but he's the second version of Christian McCaffrey. Great value brand. Great value. I mean, he's an all-around running back. That's what you want out of running backs. Especially with Justin Herbert coming to that offense. Justin Herbert, very pass-heavy. Um, He's got a great arm. He's he's pretty accurate. He's athletic. So having Eckler in that offense is just going to add so much variety to uh, Herbert's game. All right, so at uh, top five underrated receivers, what are your five?
0: Uh, One, I have Devontae Parker. Um, If I were in Miami's shoes, I wouldn't start Tua this year. And Fitzpatrick has his moments it's this year. magic, baby. He had his moments last year. And Devontae Parker played fairly well last year in a not-so-great offense. So I feel like another year with Fitzpatrick starting. Or they should start him, but, you know, that's that's what I would do. But I have Devontae Parker either way as an underrated receiver. Uh, Cortland Sutton um, with Drew Locke having another year right now or developing in his second year. I feel like this might be Cortland Sutton's breakout year. Um, Three, I have Darius Slayton. He played really well in a bad Giants offense, especially when Saquon Barkley was hurt and with a rookie quarterback coming in. Um, He played fairly well, and I was quite impressed with it, to be honest. Um, At four, I have Calvin Ridley um, with the departure of Sanu last year. I feel like this is the first true year that you'll see Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley at the one and two receiver spots. And I almost see like a Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen type year out of both of those guys. Well, even better. Yeah, even better, honestly, two Alabama boys. (laughs) And at number five, I have DJ Chark. Um, Showed a lot of bright spots and promise last year with Gardner Minshew, especially with the messed up quarterback situation there was last year. And I feel like another building year on that would be great for them. What are your top five?
1: All right, so like you said, Devontae Parker, very underrated receiver. He's gotten multiple 1K years. I mean, he's just he's proved to me that he is a top 15 receiver. And when he's at his best, he can be top 10 with a great QB. Now, obviously, like I've mentioned in the past before, I believe Tua will be a bust. So you're going to have to find a new QB, I believe. Don't quote me. But uh, actually, yeah, quote me. Tua... Bus, like I've said before. But you give Devontae Parker a great quarterback, like you add him to that Green Bay offense, he would add so much to that offense. It'd be unbelievable. He's getting 1,500 yards. All right, next we got Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is actually a really underrated receiver, in my opinion. He's not given as much notice as he should be. I mean, when was the last time you heard Kenny Galladay is a great receiver? You never really hear it, but he's always it's solid. It's the Lions. That's why you never hear it. Yeah. He's overshadowed by a terrible team, and now he's going to be a terrible
0: organization.
1: Yeah, their organization. I mean, they've never been good. And then now you get a guy like Kenny Galladay and Matthew Stafford, and you add more like DeAndre Swift. That's just going to add so much to this game. So, Kenny Galladay, is number two for me. Three, we've got Jarvis Landry. Very interesting here. Browns fans. And love with Jarvis Landry. Some even argue that he's better than OBJ. I don't think he is, but he's very, very good. He's a wide receiver one on almost any, almost on almost half the other teams in the NFL. I just believe Jarvis Landry is very underrated. No one talks about him as much because he's overshadowed by I OBJ, Baker Mayfield, uh, OBJ, other guys like him, Nick Chubb. So yeah, Jarvis Landry at three. Next we got Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is actually really underrated. No one talks about him again because he plays on the Rams. Rams aren't good anymore. But Cooper Cup led the league in slot receiving yards. And who talks about Cooper Cup? You gotta put Cooper Cup in that conversation of elite wide receivers because Cooper Cup is—he's doing it with Jared Goff. Don't get me wrong, Jared Goff—he's still an average quarterback. But you give him a guy like again A. Rod, he's gonna do magical things in the slot.
0: Goff had the one like fluke type year, almost,
1: it seemed like. Yeah. All right, I thought we got Tyler Boyd, light cup, top three in receiving in the slot. Tyler Boyd has had back-to-back 1K years. He's had Andy Dalton, Ryan Finley, and Jeff Driscoll. All three, two of them aren't even going to start or ever going to get a chance to start again. One of them is probably not going to start again. Assuming Dak Prescott doesn't hold out. Don't quote me. And Tyler Boyd, he's just an amazing receiver. He makes plays that you've never seen before. If you watch the Steelers game, he was amazing with Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley. Fourth-round pick. And with the noodle artist. <sighs> Don't get me started on him. But, yeah, Tyler Boyd to number five for me. All right, moving on. Stack predictions for the top ten picks. Austin, what are your predictions for the number one overall pick? I think Joe no Burrow. I,
0: I think Joe Burrow is going to be a top 15 quarterback in his first year. Uh, I don't think he's going to exceed the top eight quarterbacks, but he's got such a high ceiling, and it's going to continue to get better year after year.
1: What about you? Joe Burrow, for me, in my opinion, is going to have around 3,800 yards. If you ask me, Cincinnati actually has a top – 10 offense this year, I'd say. He has an elite receiving group. He has an elite running back. I, just under elite running back, actually. I'll say that. Joe Burrow is going to have around, I think, 3,800 yards. He's a rookie, yeah, so I'd say 24 touchdowns. and He manages the ball really well, so I'm going to say seven picks. All right, moving on to Chase Young, the Ohio State alumni. I believe Chase Young will have anywhere from I'd say six to twelve sacks. He's an amazing player. He's an a he's a he's the next Lawrence Taylor as people call him. He's an insane athlete. And uh yeah. I don't know how much else to say but six to twelve sacks and maybe like fifty tackles. He's yep. gonna start obviously, so I mean
0: Yep, I have him as a high probable for the defensive rookie of the year and he's gonna help a borderline lackluster Redskins defense and you know, the Redskins are young, so they're going to have a lot of time to develop here, especially with Haskins on the other side of the ball. He's going to shine. Yeah, and then Young's going to help the defense out tremendously. He's going to get some pressure on the quarterbacks now.
1: I mean, are they going to be the Ohio State Redskins at I this get, point?
0: They're, we're working towards it with McLaurin and Washington Haskins.
1: Right. All right, moving on to Jeff Okuda, another Ohio State alumni. What are your predictions?
0: You know, with the departure of Darius Slay, you know I could see Okuda. Okuda is probably going to cover the wide receiver ones this year for every team. And I believe he can do it. He's capable. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's going to almost be like a Marshawn Lattimore type of year. Like he came on the scene and just boomed this first year, covering like top wide receivers. I feel like he's going. He's better than Darius Slay, or he has a higher ceiling than Darius Slay. But, you know, again, it's the Lions, and they're just not a very good organization, so you never know what's going to happen. But I feel like his talents are good. The rest of the defense
1: is going to make him look bad, but independently, I believe he'll do really good. All right, so Jeff Okuda for me, I believe he'll have around, like, five pass defenses, defended, uh, deflections, sorry. Um, Jeff Okuda, again, like he said, he's going to cover the wide receiver one. I mean, it's really hard to predict corner predictions. So, and, I, I mean, I you had
0: Josh Norman who came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, you always have those late round picks that are good, and it's just, it really just depends.
1: You, you just don't know. They yeah. can blossom to an amazing player, or they can be your DeAndre Baker. Right. You just don't know. All right, moving on to Andrew Thomas. Like I said, it's really hard to predict offensive lineman stats. I believe he'll be an above average lineman, and I believe he'll be an elite. Offensive tackle in the league. I mean, again, there's just not much to say. I be, I believe he'll be, I wouldn't say Joe Thomas type of level because that's obviously he's the best offensive tackle almost ever. Yeah, most people can agree <coughs> with that. But he'll be in that elite category for pretty much his whole career.
0: Yeah, I I didn't like, I didn't understand the pick at first,
1: but no, neither did I. But he's still a great player. I
0: mean, like that the line was just so bad last year like any tight and you could draft any lineman in this draft and it'd probably help so it's going to help daniel jones give him more time in the pocket this year and then the running game's already one of the best in the league with barkley and it's only going to get better
1: all right moving on to tua i'm not going to say much he's a bust moving <laughs> on
0: like i said earlier if i were miami i would sit Tua this year he just came off what hip surgery and a hip injury yeah and they had the ankle injury last year too you know, I, I just I don't see them competing this year. Even if they play Tua, I don't think they're going to compete. So, what? Just get another high draft pick next year and get another talented player around Tua for There's next no year. There's no point.
1: That's one of the hardest schedules in the league. So yeah,
0: so you can get a skilled position player next year in the draft and yeah. help Tua for next year. I just wouldn't even
1: play him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother with it. Herbert, Hall of Fame QB. You can quote me on that. I believe he will be a Hall of Fame QB. He's got all the traits to be an amazing quarterback. He's athletic. He's got the best arm in the draft. Um, his accuracy, it could, it could do some work, don't get me wrong, but it's still great. Justin Herbert, I believe, will have around 4,100 yards because it's just what he does. Um, I'm going to say 21 touchdowns and 14 picks
0: yeah I, I don't see Herbert starting at the beginning of the year and I don't think it's because it's Herbert's talent. I think it's just the coaching staff there is lackluster and not very good. So I don't see him starting at the beginning of the year. Um, I feel like he's in almost in like Drew Locke's shoes where you know he's gonna start by the end of the year, but I feel like he's got a way higher ceiling than Drew Locke and I'm high on Drew Locke already. Mm-hmm. so I can see him having a very successful career. All right, uh, moving Derek on
1: Derek Brown. Brown. It's kinda of harder again to do defensive lineman, but there's it's more easier to I could say than doing a lineman. Offensive lineman, my fault. Uh Derek Brown, I think we'll have anywhere, like I said for Chase Young, anywhere from six to twelve sacks. I mean, it's really hard to predict a defensive lineman because you yeah. just really don't know. He could not start it all this year. Learn behind some of the guys in front of him
0: with the promising offense this year, he could help out that defense really any way possible. You know, I feel like he might, he'll probably have a solid rookie campaign, honestly.
1: Yeah. He'll be in there for the defensive rookie of the year.
0: All right. Now on to Isaiah Simmons. You know, I think Simmons alongside Young, they'll be the two to compete for defensive rookie of the year this year. Um, Simmons' versatility is amazing, and I see him having a fairly successful career in Arizona. And, you know, you play him at safety, I see comparisons to, like, Cam Chancellor almost.
1: Uh, I think Isaiah Simmons is a freak athlete. I don't know how he fell to eight. I'm glad he did, though. He's going to – he fell in the, into the right organization at the right time. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, he's a freak athlete at safety. He can play defensive back. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can play the end. You can play him anywhere. I play my running back. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well, right? Right. I mean, seriously, he's just gonna be a freak athlete. He's gonna be one of the best linebackers ever, just because he's a freak athlete. You can play him anywhere. Yeah. I mean, he's your Jabril Peppers, but better. Uh,
0: C.J. Henderson. um, Honestly, I wasn't very high on this pick. I was higher on the Okuda pick. And where both the Lions and the Jags defenses are very bad, I just don't. I just don't see C.J. Henderson being able to cover the wide receiver once in the league. And on top of that, Jacksonville's not picking up any players, offense or defense, for their options. So they're going to be a completely different team. And who knows what's going to happen. But I just I don't see him being able to cover the wide receiver ones and twos of some teams this year.
1: Like you said, I don't think I can see him covering uh, wide receiver ones. I wasn't very high on the pick. I think it's a good pick. I think it's but a you process. Could have, you, you could have gone anywhere. I think it's pick. a process. It's very much a process. You can't replace Ramsey.
0: Jacksonville's organization in general is just a process.
1: I don't know what's going on there. But, I mean, C.J. Henderson is just so hard to predict. I think he'll be a project player. I don't think he'll be good right now. but
0: Yeah, you never you look know. look at guys
1: like DeAndre Baker, everyone thought he was going to be good.
0: <laughs>
1: but, uh, yeah, now he's – yeah.
0: Dedrick Wills.
1: um, It's like DeAndre Thomas. It's kind of hard to predict what he's going to do. I think he'll do great at what he's going to do. Don't get me wrong; it's kind of hard to predict. I think he'll be up there around elite lineman in the league. I mean, he's an Alabama guy. I mean, all Alabama <coughs> linemen are amazing. Let's, let's agree on that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, the biggest problem for Cleveland last year was their offensive line. You know, like was Baker Mayfield bad last year? Yes, but was their uh, offensive line was their offensive line really bad? Yeah, so. Um, I think they could have went anywhere with this pick, and they were going to get a better offensive line if they would have picked any offensive lineman at all. You know, they have a high-powered offense, and it's just never being used right there. And you know, they're going to help Nick Chubb's run game, and it's already superior. It's one of the best in the league.
1: Absolutely. And who is better? The tradition on all day sports: Amari Cooper versus Mike Evans. You can go. You know, I I have Amari Cooper
0: in this situation, and it's honestly just because of Mike Evans playing alongside Chris Godwin now. You know, Cooper's the true wide receiver one. And i not say that Mike, Evan- Mike Evans has talent for wide receiver one, but they have two wide receiver ones in Tampa. So his production is really getting cut from what it should really be on a team where he would be the one wide receiver one clearly. So, you know, I think Cooper's the clear wide receiver one. So I think that he's, honestly, the better receiver in my mind.
1: What about you? All right, out of Amari Cooper also. Amari Cooper is a great overall receiver. He's been a great overall receiver for the last couple of years. Now, Mike Evans had the better stats. He had 12 less receptions, more yards, obviously more yards per catch. Uh, I think they both had eight touchdowns. Don't quote me on that. But Amari Cooper, he's just the better player. Mike Evans is so good also because of his size. Most corners aren't going to be able to keep up with that kind of size yeah. and speed and athleticism. But Amari Cooper—he's—he's he's probably the best route runner in the game right now. It's very arguable. Well, and and stats show that Mike Evans
0: was had a better year. But Tampa Bay's running back was Ronald Jones. I don't even know where he was drafted. Zeke was drafted what four? Yeah. Like the just the the running game in Dallas is better, so they're gonna run the ball more than Tampa Bay did.
1: So again, Marry that's Cooper, part of the
0: reason why Jameis had thirty interceptions. They barely ever ran the ball,
1: and again, that's why Amari Cooper. Like he, they're gonna run the ball a lot, and almost every time they pass it's going to Michael Gallup or him. Mean, yeah, and occasionally something else.
0: But Ceedee Lamb this year, yeah, but C. D. still L. I think he's still the clear one wide receiver one there.
1: Yeah, Amari Cooper. I mean, like I said, he's one of the best route runners in the game. He's amazing. He's athletic. Can't go wrong with him. Not at all. Uh, moving on to Kittle versus Kelsey. Very big argument in the sports world. Personally, I got Kelsey here. I mean, I'm not gonna speak much on this because it's tight ends. They're both phenomenal players. They're both phenomenal receivers at tight end. Both top two tight ends. I mean, no one can dis like disagree with that. Yeah, I don't think anyone can.
0: They're they're undisputedly the top two tight ends in the league. Yeah. But you know, I have Kelsey also, and it's only because Kelsey's been doing the same thing for a couple seasons longer than Kittle has been doing it. Granted, Kelsey's been in the league longer, but
1: still. But you also got to look at the thing, too. San Francisco doesn't really pass. They're a run offense. Yeah. And they have Jimmy G, who everyone says, Jimmy G, <coughs> our quarterback of the future. At least he's at least literally Super he's Bowl. an overpaid Ryan Tannehill. Exactly. And... I don't like him as a quarterback, honestly. Now you put Kittle with Patrick Mahomes, I think we will do better things. But right now, we don't know. Yeah. So you got to go with Kelsey here. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have A.J. Brown, versus DJ Chark.
0: Um, I have A.J. Brown. And, you know, A.J. Brown, I think, had better stats last year, too. Mm-hmm. The offenses are completely different. You know, Tennessee's offense, once Tannehill came in, was established. And it was dominant once Tannehill came in. Um. You know, Jacksonville had the quarterback mishaps last year. You know, they started with Foles. Foles got hurt, went to Minshew, and then Foles came back for like a game or like a half, and then Minshew came back the rest of the season. You know, I think A.J. Brown's honestly in a situation to succeed Mm -hmm. better than D.J. Chark is.
1: Personally, I have A.J. Brown, too. Both both are going to be phenomenal top receivers in the league here in about five years. A.J. Brown, he's your – Three receptions, 125 yards, two touchdowns type of guy. He's your play-action guy yeah. with Derrick Henry and Ryan Hanna- Tannehill. They're, like you said, their offense is just established. And you move on to DJ Shark. He's he's a, a f- super-fast receiver, super-athletic. But he's, I personally think, not as good as AJ Brown. Yeah. All right, moving on to DJ Morton. Cortland Court, Sutton. Sorry. Uh, personally, I DJ Moore. DJ Moore has established himself the last couple of years. Cortland Sutton just mm-hmm. kind of got in that situation about a year ago. So I mean, the
0: hype's been there for a few years, but there's not, there still has not been a breakthrough yet.
1: Yeah, I think there was this year with Drew Locke and the rest of the offense. Yeah. but DJ Moore is just more established right now. So I have to go yeah. with DJ Moore.
0: Yeah, I think DJ Moore established himself a lot better than Cortland Sutton did last year. But, you know, D.J. Moore now is going to get his snaps or targets cut. Well, One, they have a new quarterback coming in, so it's going to be a different scheme Mm
1: -hmm.
0: probably with Matt Rule as the new head coach too. And then they have Robbie Anderson, so his targets are probably going to get cut. So I feel like Sutton's in this situation to break through this year. If, you know, if the cards land in the right spots, I think Sutton has the better year. I think Sutton can be better.
1: Yeah, very, very much. But it's, uh, it's still a toss-up. It's still early to say. All right, with our last one of the day, we have T.Y. Hilton and Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, personally, right now, I'm going to go with Smith-Schuster. Throughout the career, T.Y. Hilton has had an amazing career. Don't get me wrong, but Juju Smith-Schuster, when he's healthy with a big Ben, look at 2018, he had 1,400 yards. It's a receiver with Antonio Brown. No, yeah. granted, Antonio Brown didn't play as much. But, but there still were still Antonio those Brown.
0: there were still those talks during that year that Smith Schuster's better than Antonio
1: Brown. Now obviously that's crazy BS,
0: but well, not really, because AJ Brown's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> so he's getting up there. But I have I have Smith Schuster as well, you know. Like T. Y. Hilton just can't stay healthy. So it's hard to say that he's better than Smith Schuster when Smith Schuster's young and talented and got screwed over by two really bad quarterbacks last year. You know, Big Ben coming back. And Big Ben and Juju Smith-Schuster already had a fairly good connection. So, like, I just – it's hard to even say T.Y. Hilton's better in any regards when you have Smith-Schuster, who hasn't really been injured that much.
1: All right, that's going to conclude our podcast for the day. Thank you for listening if you listen all the way through. Make sure to go follow our Instagram now. We now have an Instagram. It's all day sports dot underscore. All day sports was taken, so we had to work with what we got. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we we will be back next Monday, like always. New podcast Monday. Yeah, Uh, have a great week. And if you have any suggestions, make sure to go send us a DM on that account with your who's better or a topic we can go over that you'd like to listen us talk about. Bless up. See you guys.